Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach, and as always, I'm joined by Christian Garcia. What up? Welcome back to the program. Uh, we've got a fun show for you today. We're going to be talking some fantasy literature, which will be kind of fun. Nice. Um, but thank you, everyone, for subscribing. Make sure you click the subscribe and click the bell so you get notified every time there's a new video on the YouTubes. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even Audible now, um, just make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe, whatever they call it, um, on those different platforms. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can check out patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends. Um, that's, you can get cool benefits like being a guest on the show, having a custom-painted miniature or artwork by Christian, and uh, lots of other stuff on there. Um, or you can just support the show because you like us. That's cool, too. That's how we eat. That's how we eat. That's literally our food money. So, yeah, so you know. you're killing us. Yeah. <laughs> please, please help us. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, all that information at nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Why is this echoing? Yeah, I heard an echo. That That's was weird. weird. I'm just going to turn it down. That's okay. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. Okay, cool. Um, Christian, let's do some nerdy confessions where we confess the things that make us nerds. I just finished, or I watched uh, Nobody with um, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, yes, who uh, plays uh, Sal in uh, Better Call Saul, yep. or in, uh, or he was on that Mister Show, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And dude, like I didn't know he had it in him to do an action movie. It was actually really good. Yeah, um, he was believable in it. It, it looked it looked really interesting. Kind of like uh, kind of like if John Wick wasn't. Keanu Reeves and like super cool guy. <laughs> it's if like he, if John if, Wick had a family, I guess. Yeah, if John Wick got the dad bod and like, you know, kind of settled down. He he didn't get into like you know super bulky, but he did slim down. Sure, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure just to do some of the little fight choreography, you're gonna slim down because of how much work it is. Yeah, sure. it was really good. Uh, Christopher Lloyd was in it, which oh. was awesome. RZA was in it. Uh, he was good too. Um, highly recommend it. It was fucking hilarious, and the action was dope. A uh, little slow in the beginning, but, you know, dude's living a slow life, and it paces up. Yeah. Super recommend it. It was awesome. I actually wanted to buy it, but I couldn't, so it's only, like, early access right now on Amazon. Yeah. So it's, like, 20 bucks to rent it. Yeah, you know, one thing with any any of these early, early access uh, rental movies, like, I would prefer, especially, like, the Disney Plus ones, which are $30, yeah. right? Fuck out of here. Like, let me just buy it. Yeah. For that, like, let me once I pay the thirty dollars, which is a stupid amount. It's a Blu-ray. Of money, it's a Blu-ray. What it costs for a Blu-ray? Like, right. let me just buy. It. Let me just let own me it. just have it and and keep it digitally because even that stuff is not forever. Because like, if you buy a digital movie and that company goes out of business for some reason or the platform ends, you lost that digital thing. Yeah. Like if they stop making Call of Duties for some reason, all of that money we spent on. <laughs> I don't Special skins and, and guns is all just gone. Yep. It's all just gone. Or when the new Call of Duty comes. Yeah, well, one thing about, like, uh, at least one thing that keeps me sane on it, at, at least a little bit, is that when the new Call of Duty comes out, you'll still be able to use that stuff in, in uh, Warzone, which is nice. Okay. So, hope. oh, I mean, hopefully. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> so far, they've done that with the last two games. But nobody. Everyone go watch it. Super dope. Nice. Um, great action. Yeah. Loved it. I'll have to check that one out. It's been on my watch list. Uh, if you don't want to 
you know, pay the 20 bucks to rent it. I would just wait and just buy it. You'll like it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check that one out. You know, I'm still pretty starved for co- content, uh, though this summer and fall looks like we're going to finally start getting some. We're eating good. Real movies. So I'm excited about that. Uh, my nerdy confession. Uh, so um, after, uh, what, like three, four episodes ago, we talked about like best beginner anime um, for you. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of get into maybe like some starter series and things like that. I was like, uh, you know what? I haven't I've I have not caught up on Attack on Titan. I think I watched the first two seasons. Um but I I haven't caught up on it cuz now I think they're on season 4, just ended season 4, and I think that's the end of the show. I could be wrong on that. So I'm like I'm going to re rewatch Attack on Titan and watch it all the way through. It's fucking great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I started it and I remember liking it, but I don't remember why I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was because some of the characters that I liked, I'm like, oh, th- this is the main character of the show. It's like, oh, dead. Like, dead. fucking eaten. Nope. Yeah. That that show uh, is very much like Game of Thrones where, like, if you have a favorite character, side character or whatever, it's, like, very likely that they're just going to get eaten <laughs> yeah. or stomped on or whatever. Um, and there's some, like, I forgot how, like, how mature of an anime it is because like you mean how how bloody bloody and just dark uh like there's one scene where you know the titans are attacking the city and whatnot and um there's like this is all these cadets like first time seeing them in real life and there's like these two hiding out in like a storage room or something and one guy's like polish you know getting his gun make sure it's all checked down stuff and she's like, what's one gun going to do against it? He's like, perfect. He just puts his mouth and blows his face off. I'm like, oh, fuck. What are we watching? Um, but, yeah, man, um, aside from all the graphic violence, it's really good. And it's like I, I forgot how much I enjoyed, like, the mystery of it, trying to figure out what's going on with the Titans, who they are really, what they are really and stuff. And I'm um, getting super back into that. So, um, yeah, Attack on Titan. Check it out. Uh, I think it's all on Hulu now, which makes it easy nice and i think that's one thing that i reason why i stopped watching it was you have to like once you watch all of it you have to wait for it not only to premiere in japan but also get subbed or dubbed yeah you you know pick your poison on that one um and then show up on something like hulu you know so it's like you're wait you're waiting longer than just like a show actually coming out since we're talking about anime i started watching and i actually really like it yasuke on um Netflix. Mm, I don't know that one. What's it about? It's about the first black samurai. Oh. And I remember people on Twitter were like, who's stupid? We're like, why are you doing that? Like, just keep it. I was like, dude, there really was a black samurai. There really was. Hmm. Um, and it's told, there's mechs. Like, it's not like historically accurate. There's like magic and uh, big ass robots, but it's still really good. From what I read about it, they did get some stuff like uh, the, although here, no, 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 in the cartoon they did, he did purchase him. And historically, like, they just thought he was dirty. So they yeah. tried washing him. And they, I was uh. like, they're not going to do that anime. And they fucking did it in the anime. I was like, holy shit. So they kept some some stuff. But like, it's, it's really man, good. It's really on here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ow, my skin. It's good. It's really good. I'm okay. only like two episodes in. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. Um, now, is it like, is it more of like traditional? They don't have the 3D drawn? stuff you hate. super 3D? No. Okay, because I fucking do hate that. No, it's not the thing you hate. I think, you know. Going back to Attack on Titan, that's one thing that that show does really well is mixing 3D animation with hand-drawn animation. Because most of the environments and stuff are 3D, like the buildings when they're zipping through the town on their little omnidirectional mobility gear things, their little uh, grappling hook belts. Um, All the background is all all, um, 3D animated. And then I heard in later seasons the Titans are 3D animated too. Um, and that's fine, like when it's mixing elements. But when you do the whole show in 3D, it just looks so shitty. That's how, uh, whatchamacallit was. Um, ah, the big giant mechs that I saw on Netflix that I talked about last oh, time. Oh. Um, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, that that's a new trend in anime. And, like, I get it. It's cheaper. It's cheaper to produce. I actually watched a little video on why they do it. Um it you know it's much easier to create you know spend a lot of time with an artist creating a 3d model and then just have an animator go in and move the legs and shit around you know later um whereas with you know with actual hand-drawn like uh anime or cartoons um 
like I think uh, Legend of Korra, the Avatar Legend of Korra, was like they said it was like fourteen thousand drawings per episode. I bet. Yeah. So they I have mean, to pay all those guys to do it. Yeah, it's a lot of fucking pencils or whatever, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, check it out. Attack on Titan, and then what was your one? Yowski. Yowski, and then Mister Nobody too. Very cool. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's take ourselves a uh, little break. And then uh, once we come back from our, a word from our sponsors, we will be talking about some uh, Brandon Sanderson, as if you guys haven't heard enough about him <laughs> from us. So uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. So, Christian, you've been reading some Brandon Sanderson. I am not done with the first book of uh miss mistborn mistborn right? you know dude i think i like it more than um starlight archive you shush your mouth no no like you shush your they're, mouth they're both they're both, they're both great they're both great yeah what i like about this one it's not as complicated um right or at least maybe it will get i'm like i think i'm like four hours from finishing uh the first book mm-hmm. but it, he it, he easily explained like the system, how the magic works, yep. um, the cast system, and but versus Stormlight, it's great because it's complicated. And there's a lot of stuff you can deep dive into. But when I got into the next book, I'm like, dude, I don't remember like like it was. I think halfway through the book, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember what had happened last time. But those yeah. because those the Stormlight archives are, are fucking huge, which is I think a plus, but also has some minuses because you know you're gonna forget some things or. Things that might be important later that happened like in book one, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like I don't really remember what had happened. Right. But with this, it seems kind of more—I don't want to say simple, but easier to understand. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing about Mistborn, um, which—and again, this is all; these are all Brandon Sanderson books. Mistborn was like his first, uh, like trilogy that he ever got published, and that's kind of what what made a name for him. Like he had other books, like Elantris, and I think Warbreaker came out before as well. Um, which were, um, which did well on their own, but Mistborn was like, holy shit, like this guy can really write. Um, and, and it is sim- a lot simpler than, uh, Stormlight Archive. Stormlight Archive is, is very much like his, the, the, the main artery of his Cosmere universe. Like it's the main storyline of that universe. And if there was like a sidekick to it, it would be Mistborn, I think. So, like, my thing is like, try to explain to the audience how the magic works in Stormlight Archive. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so here we'll do it. We'll compare it. So, Stormlight Archive. The way the magic system works is, okay. So there's this thing called Stormlight, which is like it's magical energy that comes from this storm that is covering the planet. So it just rolls from one side of the planet to the next, and it feel it, you can capture it in these gems, right? Gemstones, right? And basically, uh, people who have these awakened abilities, who have bonded these, uh, that's like, this is spe- the this yeah. is the part where I, where you're gonna lose people. Watch, right? I know. Yeah. So there's these things called spren, which are like spirits, essentially. And there's different kinds. There's wind spren, fire spren, earth spren, rock anger. spren, anger spren, whatever, for emotions and natural occurrences. So certain individuals will bond a spren. They become symbiotic, and then that grants them powers by ingesting stormlight. And so there, you can fly or, you know, change gravity, the pull of gravity, so you can literally fly, jump really high, that sort of thing. See, and I feel like it's a master storyteller like right. Brent, where like he you explains re- and you're like, I, you, I get it. You need a 1,200-page book to really grasp it. You know what I mean? We're on Mistborn. Um, basically, there are people called um, Mistings, which, and then there are Mistborn. They're essentially the same where they – gain a certain type of power by ingesting metals every metal has a different power so like steel pushes iron pulls um i think it's tin lets you like enhances your senses like seeing and hearing and smelling and tasting and stuff um and there's a bunch of other ones um and a misting gets one power just one. One or two sometimes in rare cases. Well, I, so far I've only seen I one. I think some of them have will have two. I, I don't remember if that's that, – that probably pops up later. Um, and then there's Mistborn who get access to all of them. 
Um, and then that that's basically it. Yeah, and see, like that that, that magic there, is a lot. So they ingest there are it. Other, there are two other magic systems in that book, which you have not gotten to. Okay. Yet, well, think. they got into the therm therma therm, thermetics, whatever the um, the butler guy is. Oh, oh, ferrochemist. That's that's the one. Yeah. Where they they can store like abilities in the items, but it weakens them as they do it. So they can put strength well, in, in well, a metal. Yeah, they can. So they can instead of burning this metal as a fuel, they use it as a storage device. So they can store all sorts of stuff. So strength, they can store strength in it, but doing so makes them weaker. Yeah, they can store uh, uh, like like uh, sight, like an enhanced sight into it, but then they have to wear glasses for yeah. a while as because they're sucking their they're utilizing that stuff later, which is pretty cool. Um, Vin, one of the main characters, did go into the, like, she was asking questions, so they did say, like, Mistborns, they benefit because if, as long as they're ingesting metal, they'll never run out. Right. But they have limitations, and, like, there's a certain max that they can hit versus the other one. Um, yeah, the ferrochemist. Like, they can make themselves, like, Ferro, strong. Ferro being, you know, iron. Yeah, like, they can make whatever. themselves strong for, like, three hours, or they could triple their strength, but it's only good for one hour. So, right. like, there's... I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. There's some benefits, you know. Yeah, yeah. They they both have benefits um, and uh, drawbacks to each one of them. I mean, obviously, um, and and you see it like when she's like burning, what is it, pewter? That's which strength. makes you super strong. Like afterwards, there's like a super hard like come down off of it. Where well, she's, like, that's super tired. They and... ran for like 16 hours, so yeah, like, exactly. it's gonna do some damage at like f- superhuman speed. Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, that's one thing I think Brandon Sanderson does really well is he comes up with really interesting magic systems. And, you know, going back to the episode we did on hard magic systems versus soft, like he does a really good hard magic system where there's a strict economy to the magic. You can like, if you think hard enough, you can kind of, you know, extrapolate some of the powers and abilities that they can do, you know? Um, Like for instance, we talked about how with steel, they can push metal objects, and with iron, they can pull it back. So if someone has steel and iron abilities, they can basically take coins and throw them and shoot them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I thought that was kind of cool. That's basically like their handguns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they like exactly. just throw coins and, psh, and just push it. Yeah, they call them uh, coin shots are like people who are steel pushers only. They just carry bags of like washers with yeah. them. And they'll just like throw them up in the air and just push them like you know, shotgun blast kind of thing. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Now, now one thing is um, you are reading the first trilogy of Mistborn. There's, oh, there's more trilogies. There's a second trilogy of Mistborn. Oh, nice. Soon to be a quadrilogy. He's working on number four right nice. now. Nice. Um, which takes place like something like a hundred years into the future. I just want one of his complete stories. Yeah, <laughs> we can't. We yeah. we have to wait. This is where I well, felt lucky with the Dark Tower. When I started reading, them, they were complete, so right, I right. didn't have to wait. Well, I will say this: the first trilogy of Mistborn is a complete story. Okay, like it's it starts in one place, it ends in another place, and then you know once you go into uh, the the following one, which they call the Wax and Wayne trilogy. Because it it follows these two characters, Wax and Wayne, and um, and uh, it, it's it's a different story altogether. But it's in the same it's on the same planet in the cosmic. Okay. So there are still people who have you know uh, the uh, the Mistborn powers and stuff like that. But there's there's also like hybrids who are both uh, Ferrochemists and Mistborn. Very nice. So they can like store things and move things and burn metals and stuff. Nice. Pretty interesting. So I'm assuming, well, I mean, no, no, I don't want you to tell me. I was going to ask about if the Lord, if something happens to the Lord ruler, but I'm assuming if it finishes, but I kind of don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't ruin it as surprises. For okay. Me. It's so good. And I, I will say I really enjoyed like um, all of the books in that series. They all have like their own really cool points to them. Um, and there's like some cool mysteries that, get uncovered and then it also uh shows up in um there's certain characters or certain things that show up in stormlight archive nice which is like that's really what brandon sanderson does really well is he um he, he builds this entire universe and he sets up something in one book 
and then pays it off in another book. And it's like fucking great. I kind of want to know now, but I should know. I'll wait. You shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to know. Um, uh, like Warbringer. Didn't I, did I buy you Warbringer? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. Warbreaker. I mean, Warbreaker. no breaker. Well, anyway, you should read that one. Um, cause that one tells the story of Nightblood. Um, oh, okay. So I thought that was going to happen in this series. So I'm assuming it's in, it's in a different one. Yeah. Is yeah. it the same planet or no different planet? Okay. Warbreaker is a different planet, di- different magic system. So in Warbreaker, uh, they have these things called breaths, which basically it's kind of like your every person is born with one breath or like a soul or whatever, right? Okay. Um, but you can you can survive without it. You're just kind of like bummed out for the rest <laughs> of your life, and so um, and you can gift your breath to someone else. And so there are people who have accumulated over the years through you know some through you know uh, like legitimate. Um, channels and some through illegitimate channels they have accumulated hundreds or even thousands of breaths and and the more you have the more power you have essentially and what you can do is you can take breath out of your body and awaken a inanimate object with it and and you can tell like like a common one is they would have they would wear these uh kind of like a mist cloak where it's all you know ribbons Mm -hmm. and stuff they would wear clothing like that and you can you can breathe breaths into it, and then they will come alive and do stuff for you. So you can be like grab things, and it'll like grab enemies all around you, kind of thing, and tangle so them up, kind of like the to, cape in Doctor Strange. So do you have to kill someone to get their breath? No, you you cannot you cannot take it forcefully. It has to be given. Okay. So, but now say say you're down on your luck or behind on your rent, and you're they're about to take your house away. You'd be like, look, <laughs> look. Take my soul. Yeah, take. You know, <laughs> let me. Let me I'll take. The house. I'll take the breath, and you can take the house. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, and and then there are people. You know, poor people, even poor people who have nothing to their name, they can sell their breath for a lot of money, and they can, you know, you can make. Yeah, but then you're sad the whole time. Yeah, you're sad anyway because you're poor. <laughs> That's fair, right? <laughs> well, it's shitty right now, but at least I can be shitty with some money, right? <laughs> um. So and then uh, so Nightblood, which is a sword, um, that. Uh, Nimimi was it Nimimi sword Nimi, uh, yeah the 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 sword that talks in um, um, Stormlight Archive is an awakened sword, so it, it has been awakened with nice. breaths in it. So it originated on this other planet, and a certain character from Stormlight Archive is has to do with that. I, I've read I've read that part actually. Yeah. <laughs> I read I read Wikipedia. I read about that. I I know it's the. Um, I don't want to ruin it for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, no spoilers. You guys should read all of these books. They're all great. Um, and then uh, uh, we could talk uh, briefly about um, um, Elantris, which was like, I think it's his first published novel. Um, and essentially in, in that one, the magic system has to do with, um, there's this, this like underlying current of magic in the world called the door. And um, basically, uh, people can like tap into it by like drawing like runes and glyphs in the air. Um, it was way less defined than what you see in like Mistborn. Oh, so or he did. Archive. He did soft magic. It. I mean, kind of. It's it's still hard a hard magic system where, based off of what you draw and what modifications you make to it. It, it changes the effect of it, right? Okay. So they're still based off of like glyphs. Like if you know all the glyphs, and and you can you can you know carve it in the air, you can perform the magic. But you'll never run out of. You can always just keep doing glyphs. I mean, you'll never run out. Right. You'll you'll never run out necessarily. Though there is there is some things happening in Elantris where basically um, Elantris is the name of a city um, in this world, and it used to be like. Um, used to be like occupied by these godlike creatures called Elantrians. Um, and they were the ones, they were the only ones who could uh, use the door. Essentially they were you're basically born into it. And, but something went wrong where that city turned into like a dead city covered in like mold and stuff. And, and uh, the Elantrians like their hair started falling out. They, um, their skin got all gray and gross looking. Um, I think their heart stopped, beating or something like but that but they're not dead but they're not dead they're kind of like undead almost but you like you don't go crazy or anything 
But one of the weird things is, is, you know, normal back when in the heyday, when they were all gods, basically, you know, they, they wouldn't get sick. They wouldn't really grow old. They were basically immortal for the most part. Um, but in this new one, uh, once, once the city fell, like, uh, something got messed up in whatever was keeping them in this, you know, godly state. And so now, you, you know, obviously you look gross and you look like an undead zombie kind of thing. But every time you hurt yourself, um, the pain doesn't go away. Oh, shit. That sucks. Yeah. So so if you fucking stub your toe, you just deal with that forever? That's literally the first thing that happens. The main character stubs his toe and he's like, God damn, I really stubbed my toe. Like, it, it's not going away. He's like... He's like, well, you know, in Elantris, pain doesn't go away. And so there's basically people who, if you stay in the city long enough, um, or you, you know, you've, if you've been there long enough, the pain has become so much that you basically just go crazy because you're just like. Does it work the other way around? Like if you bust a nut, you just consistently <laughs> no. feel it? <laughs> they didn't explore that in the book. but <laughs> Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Brandon, we want to know about that. <laughs> Uh, I just can't stop coming. Yeah, I mean, that's just fucking <laughs> God. Just trying to counter. There's really people who have that condition. What? Know? Yeah, there's literally a medical condition where you just come all the time. What's it called? Mm, I, I, I need to find I this should know from, it for medical if you reasons. Just, if you just look it up, like medical condition can't stop coming, it'll <laughs> pop up. There's been like documentaries on it. and, and it's I sa- need to watch that documentary. It, sa- it sounds awesome. But then you think about like. Like, this lady can't have a job because she's just, like, you know. Sure she can. She's she can like be work- a sex phone operator. She's working at, like, a funeral home. She's just like, <laughs> like I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, God. We're going to sex line. Work, there you go. Yeah, but but it, it it's literally, like, super inconvenient. They can't li- live normal lives. And, you know. And then there's due to have it, too. Just fucking <laughs> just making a mess. Making... <laughs> Got to wear uh, waterproof pants all the time. Yeah, I'm definitely saying? watching this documentary. I don't know if it's a documentary. It was like, you know, one of those like BBC things where they, you know, like a show maybe. Oh, the, if episode. the BBC did it, it's going to be awesome. It's probably great. Plus, they're all British. So it's even great. Just like, <laughs> yeah, it's quite. Is that, is that how British people come? <laughs> yeah, it's like British people. Uh, and you're welcome. Because <laughs> they're polite? Yeah, they're super polite. <laughs> That's how I imagined it in my head. <laughs> God save the queen. <laughs> Dude, if that was the only way you could come, that really sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Um, anyway, I don't know how I got Oh, that Elantris. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, so so I, I like that when you start reading these books of his, you can kind of see how he's progressed, right? Because Elantris was, was his first one. And, you know, the, the magic system, first of all, magic doesn't even get explained until like the last, I don't know, three chapters of the book. <laughs> Like, you know, you're gradually figuring out little by little by little by little. He figured that out in these other books where he explains it to and you then like also, little by little in the beginning. Yeah, and then also there's like this big this big battle that happens like um, in Elantris. And it t- like it's literally one chapter. And it's like – but, you know, Stormlight Archive, like the entire second book was almost like nonstop action. So, yeah. so he like learned to write action scenes better. But, like, there was this war that was, like, being hinted at the entire time in Elantris. You're like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, it's only one book and I'm running out of pages. <laughs> and then, then eventually it's like, oh, yeah, it happens. And now it's done. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he got better. Yeah. And so it, it's fun to watch how he got better. Um, now, so which you've read all of Stormlight so far? What's out? All four? Yes. Yeah. And so now, and now you're doing um, Mistborn 1. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, he's got some great material, you know, there's another one that he's done called, um, Skyward, which is a sci-fi, uh, sci-fi slash fantasy book, um, that you might enjoy. It's, it's more young adult. Um, so it doesn't have, it doesn't have as many big words, so you might enjoy it. Nice. Might understand it better. (laughs) (laughs) The the words, the, the, got it. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, uh, but he's done that one. Uh, Warbreaker, of course. Elantris. Um, he also did the last three books of The Wheel of Time, which was Robert Jordan's. Or last two books? Three books? I think it was three now. Um, of Robert Jordan's uh I'm wondering if fantasy he's, he's ever going to get like an HBO show. I, I would love to see it, but I could imagine it being very difficult. Like, I don't, I don't know if it... 
like as much as I love it, I don't know if it would have the appeal of like what Game of Thrones started as. Um, sure. But I would love to see it. Well, uh, so he, he's one thing that's really cool about Brandon Sanderson that I really respect is that he's very open about what he's working on, where he's at work, working on things, and what's coming next kind of thing. Um, so he um, he does constant like streams, Reddit AMAs, things like that. Um, and so Mistborn has been, uh, I think someone has bought the rights to it and they are working on developing. Really? Developing something for it. I don't know if it's a movie, TV show or what. Um, Mistborn, I could definitely, well, at least so far, I could see it working. Yeah. The magic system is not. And that's one thing that he said is that Mistborn is kind of the proof of concept to make sure that people would go see it, that this would make a studio money. Yeah. Because, um, and you'll see once you finish this uh, first book, the first book by itself could be a movie. It, it has a very defined beginning, middle, and end. And it reads very cinematically, right? There's no, there's not a lot of crazy, like, um, you know, internal monologues and things like that. Most of it can be seen on screen. Yep. Which is one thing that Stephen King doesn't do very well, I would say, right? Yeah, I guess so. Most of the times, with because it's he, he does a lot of horror type, type books and stories, a lot of that is inner monologue where you're like he's describing the fear and how afraid they are yeah. or how grotesque something is um there's not as much of that in brandon sanderson so it lends itself better to the screen um mistborn for sure i could definitely see mistborn i think could definitely work and i think it would work because it, it has a very big following you know just as big if not bigger than um stormlight i would i would assume um but one thing with Stormlight Archive is that to make that into something that would be actually be good, it's going to be a shit ton of money. Yeah. Because it would have to be like an HBO. Yeah. Or like a HBO Max even. I mean, what they, right, what right. they did with um, uh, Raised by Wolves was great. And, I'm, and I mean, it would have to be like a, a multi-season contract. Yeah. Because there's no... You know, there's no way you could make like one miniseries and be done with it. No. There's, there's no way that could happen. And because the world is so alive, because these spren are all over the place, and everything, you know that that happens in that um, in that book series is that because there's these high storms, which are the, these like uh, are you talking about stormlight now? Stormlight, yeah. The reason why they can't do it is because you have the high storms, which is a big CG storm cloud that you'd have to make. But because of that, the entire planet has evolved to to kind of like. Uh, adapt to these storms so all the grass and stuff when the storm is coming like sucks into like rocks and yeah. stuff like that and then comes back out when the when the water is out and they lap up the water and stuff um and then there's like huge crustacean like monsters and stuff like that and then there's there's the uh the singers or the parshendi creatures yeah. which you know i'm sure they'd have to do that all in probably makeup or practice or um I mean, practical or CG. I would prefer practical. But. I would too. Yeah, get get the folks at Weta on it. Um, but yeah, that's a huge production. So I think Mistborn is the first. Um, it is a good starter movie. I hope me. they do it. I hope it happens. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I, th I think it would be um, very cool, and it would open a lot of people up to his style of writing. And and that's one thing that that I really like about him is he is very easy to read or listen to if you yeah. do an audible. Um, it like, don't get me wrong. I love game of Thrones, the books. Um, I think they're excellent, but man, they can be really slow. Cause he, George R. R. Martin goes into like, you know, Oh, you know, so-and-so with his, with his wolf shaped armor and his gauntlets and his, you know, doublet and blah, 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 blah. So like Tolkien. And, and yeah, like Tolkien. And very classic fantasy where they go in and they, they describe what the house is, what their sigildry is, what their armor is, what their banners look like, what kind of weapons they're using, you know. And then they go off on all these little side plots and stuff too. Stormlight, it, it reads like, you know, you can almost like picture it as a movie yeah. playing in your head. It's very, very easy which Easy to me, going. it's similar how Stephen King writes. At yeah. least it, it very much sounds like like you're picturing a movie. Yeah, very conversational. Um, though, like some of the stuff that he writes is very like very well written prose. Um, I think that 
overall it's very easily to digest you know yeah um now we i mentioned earlier that he kind of updates people as he's doing this i don't know if you realize how much brandon sanderson writes a lot i mean look at shit ton because he hasn't been around for that long right um he he has not been active for super long um in the grand scheme of things, I should say. Um, but he he basically, I'd say, you know, compared to someone like Stephen King or whatever, who's been doing it for a long time. Um, he, he also looks nothing how I imagine him looking like. Oh, yeah. He's a super nerd for sure. And he's Mormon. And he he, uh, he is a teacher. He teaches fiction at uh, BYU, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, 2003. Yeah, 2003. So, um, and by 2003, he had he had written 12 novels with no publisher. <laughs> none, none had been accepted. So he's just like a writing fiend. Um, so Can you imagine? I've always wondered, like, like the people that passed him up, and now that he's blowing up, they're probably like, like yeah. dude, we fucking he came to us, we said no. Same thing with like. Uh, What's it? The Harry Potter lady. Like, she got turned down like six different places. Can you imagine those six places? Like, dude, we could have been fucking like billionaires. Oh, I, like whoever passed up on him. And and he, but he's very open and saying like, look, because he talks about like, I wrote 12 novels before I got published. Those 12 novels, no one should read. They're bad. <laughs> and um, so Elantris came out in 2005. Okay. So, you know, um, not that long ago. But then, but then look, look at these books coming out. Elantris, 2005. Mistborn 1, 2006. Mistborn 2, 2007. Mistborn 3, 2008. Warbreaker, 2009. Way of Kings, 2010. Mistborn, uh, uh, the first of the second trilogy. Oh, that was his driest, though. In 20, 2011. He went, he went three years. Then he went Words, Words of Radiance in 2014. But he, he had did, I'm sure he did some other stuff. Let's see. Yeah, so he did um, uh, short stories in in uh, for Elantris and Mistborn 2. Um, and then, uh, he's also done some graphic novels. He did, um, I don't know, uh, an iOS, uh, role action role-playing game called infinity blade. He wrote some for, he did Legion. I knew he did Legion. That yeah, was a good one too. He did Legion, the many lives of Steven Leeds. That would also make a great show if someone did. And it. then he did wheel of time. The last three books of Robert Jordan's, uh, series in 2009, 2010 and 2013. So he's just like he's just like shitting out books, <laughs> like nonstop, which is awesome. And like for instance, he he just uh, like last week or the week before, he was like, yeah. So I've started on uh, Mistborn. I guess it would be seven now. He's like, I just started on it. I'm about ten thousand words in. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Brandon. <laughs> he's like, I should be done with it by August. I'm like, what the fuck? I was gonna say maybe it's he has, May. I was gonna say maybe he has a lot of caffeine, but he can't because he's Mormon, right? No, and so so he he kind of describes his day. He wakes up at like fucking noon, which is awesome. First of all, <laughs> you're killing it, Brandon. But then he stays up to like three in the morning and he and he writes for eight hours a day. Like Jesus. like a job, like a normal everyday job. So he says he does like a, a three hour or three or four hour writing session, then he stops has dinner with his kids, hangs out with his family a little bit, and then he has another four-hour writing session. He does that, like, every That's fucking That's insane. Then you take someone like George R. R. Martin, who, like, I give George R. R. Martin a pass because he's old as fuck. And not only that, but he, he has also... He helped produce and, you know, help uh, orchestrate one of the biggest TV shows of all time, Game of Thrones. Do you think he had anything to do with the ending? Um, I, at least from what I've heard, I think he had like cliff notes for it. Like he had an outline like, oh yeah, I'm sure. I think Danny should go evil. And then, you know, Brad, sh Brandon, I'm sure be. for the rest of the books or he has one left. He has, he has like three books left. Yeah. Which we're pretty, never going to see. I'm pretty sure. He's Brandon Sanderson like will finish those two and they'll be awesome. I'm pretty sure he's like, oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, they they just ran. HBO just ran with that. That wasn't my idea. Like, he said he's already said he's going to change the ending. Oh, the for book. sure. Yeah. Like why would why would you write an ending that everyone hates? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So for for George R. R. Martin, it's been ten years since the last book came out. You, you know what the last thing that happened in the books was? In what? In Game, Game of Thrones? No. Jon Snow got killed. Really? Yeah. By the by the Night's Watch. 
So I'm wondering if he's going to bring him back. I mean, he asked. you. everyone loved him? Yeah. Well, I mean, he comes back in the show. You know, he yeah. comes back to life. But that's what I'm wondering if he's going to do it in the books. I'm sure he is. I'm sure. Like, that's too big of a... Like, if there is a main character of Game of Thrones, it's Jon Snow. Right. And Daenerys Targaryen. Um. But yeah, so but that shows you like that happened in like season two or three of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Where Jon Snow died? Yeah. No, wasn't it like four or five? Mm, it might have been five. Season five, yeah. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> it definitely wasn't two. <laughs> it, but anyway, but that's the last thing that happened. So there, there's definitely more books to come out, um, and who knows if we'll ever see them? It's been ten years. There's another author who um, I, I think I brought up on the show before called uh, Patrick Rothfuss. Who he wrote the um, the name of the wind is the uh, first book in the series. It's called the King Killer Chronicles, and it's an awesome book. Like it, the first book, and then Wise Man's Fear is the second book. Um, like one of the best selling books, highest rated fantasy books in like decades. Um, and but the problem is, is he uh, when he first came out. It was like, oh my god, who's this guy? Like, he's never written anything. His first book is just a fucking slam dunk. It's amazing. Can't wait. And he's like, yeah. And I've already written the other two, you know, in this trilogy or whatever. The second book gets delayed a couple years. Not a big deal. You know, first time, big time writer. You get all this fame. It's fine. We've been waiting for the third book for 10 years also. <laughs> and he has like, he'll do like uh, all these interviews. And he's a fucking asshole. I'm calling you out, Patrick Rothfuss. It's because he doesn't have the book. Yeah. Well, he's also, in this 10 years, his editor recently um, came out. Quit? No, she came out saying, like, I've not seen a single word of book three. <laughs> and and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been, I'm editing it. I'm going through and, you know, I'm changing things, reworking it. And then um, he, does, he does all these, like, little, like, live streams on his YouTube channels or on Reddit or whatever. And, um, someone, every single time someone asks like, dude, what the fuck? Where's book three? And he's like, look, you know, I'm, I'm tired of people asking me this. You know, if, if you think if I had a publication date for book three, um, I would just answer it in, in, you know, the fucking chat here for you. No, I would fucking write a blog about it. The publisher would release it and you'd fucking hear about it. Okay. Just use your fucking head. And I'm like. He's talking to his fans yeah. this way. Like the people of, the people who make him money. All they're asking is like, dude, you said you wrote these books. Please just let us read the third one. We've read the first two of a trilogy. Please let us read the third. It's been a decade. And he's just like, yeah, use your fucking head. He's not he's never gonna fucking do it. Dude, he is a fucking piece of shit. But he is a beautiful <laughs> writer. He is the books are so good. Um but yeah, man, it's it's and that's what I like so much about Brandon Sanderson. He doesn't keep you waiting. Not only that, but he's very open. Like, um, for instance, I think Rhythm of War, which is the latest Stormlight Archive book, it got delayed a year. And he's like, "Look, you know, I I I kind of bit off more than I could chew with these other books. Um, once I'm done with them, I will 100% finish this one. So it is delayed a year, but it should be out in you know April of 2020. And it was huge. And it was huge. And it was great." And it was, you know, fantastic. And he's very open and honest with everything. And he, like, you can tell he works at it. Like, I'm, I'm sure fucking Patrick Rothfuss hasn't sat down at a computer in, like, fucking five years. You know what I mean? He's still riding off the money of those first two books, man. He yeah. And I and you can kind of tell he, like, that. Uh, there's one particular video that I'm thinking of. He's like, you know, it's like I've been really busy. And, you know, like, like I came out with this. You know, I had to help. Busy spending that money. He's like, I had to help consult on this uh, sword, which these guys are making for the book, you know, where, you know, I just think, you know, I want to make sure they get it right so that, you know, you guys can have that. And that'll be a cool thing that you can have from the book. And then I helped, you know, design the game that I wrote, you know, wrote about in the book. You know, they play this like chess, like <laughs> board game. It's like, I helped design that, you know, and I think, and it's blown up and people are having tournaments of it. And that's so cool, you know, so I've been busy. I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, you're a writer. And like, there's, you know, yeah, that's a two minute Zoom meeting where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I think the handle should be red instead of green or whatever. And, um, but he's like, yeah, you know, I've just been really busy and I'm doing, and he does all these blogs where he talks about how how he approaches writing i'm like you don't approach writing 
You're a I, piece of garbage. I feel like he made one of those deals where, like, you can be a famous writer. You're going to be loved. Yeah. But you can't finish a goddamn story. Yeah. Like. Well, I, th- I think what's happened is he's, he's he, he set out, like, this. he had these great plans on how to do it. And now the hype has been built up so much that now he's, like, now he's, like, overthinking it. And he's just re-editing and re-editing and re-editing. And he's just, like. I can't have this book fail because of how much it's been built up, how much I've built it up, how much everyone's built it up. Um, I don't think we'll ever see that book. Nah. Dude, he's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> he might get more games and swords, though. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's only got two books. Like, there's only so much content in there. And they're not they're not uh, Brandon Sanderson-length books either. Right. You know what I mean? They're very short books. And also, there's so much in this in this story that he has set up there's so much that he has to pay off in book three that it's like it's so crazy. Just have, he's not uh, going to do it. Just have Sanderson do it. Yeah, just just Patrick Rothfuss just send your notes to Brandon Sanderson, and then he'll burn it. And <laughs> he'll burn it. He'll rewrite it in like three weeks, and then it'll be better. <laughs> there you go. God damn, I get so heated talking about Patrick Rothfuss because I <laughs> it, it wouldn't be a big like that's why George R. R. Martin he's a sweet old man who's got like a pervy side to him and loves violence. I get it. Like that's his deal. He's super old. He also helped create game of Thrones, the, the TV show, you know, he, he was a supervisor and stuff on there. So like, I get it. He's old. He's done other huge projects, you know, and you know, the, the hype of game of Thrones has died off considerably since that last season. So it's fine. I give him a pass. Patrick Rothfuss. He's not that old. He's like, you know, I think he's like, I think he's like 40, 42, something like that. Um, so, you know, he's, he's got his whole career ahead of him, but he just isn't doing shit. And then his dude, his editor, um, <laughs> like just went off on him. Like she's like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen his, any word of book three. Um, and I haven't seen, you know, and you know, he's got to think about like how um you know this affects the book company who has already paid him you know oh uh, that guy's definitely not going to do it oh yeah this fucking guy yeah here, here's patrick rothfuss uh editor here um she c- confirms that after uh nine years she has yet to read a single word of the doors of stone which is the the um third book nah that guy definitely took the money he's gonna run yeah yeah exactly um he basically so the name of the wind came out in 2007. So okay, so so to put that in perspective, we said Brandon Sanderson came out in uh, 2005. Yep. And he's written uh, we'll do a quick count. Four Stormlights plus six uh Mistborn, so that's 10 Elantris and Warbreaker is 11 and 12. Legion. Legion there was like what four of those? I think so. You know, so it's called 15 16 Skyward there's two of them so far. So like 20, let's call it 20 books. Okay. You know, rounded estimate. We didn't actually look it up, but about, just off the top of our head, about 20 books in the same amount of time that he has written like two books, a novella, and I think a short story. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, what the fuck, man? Um, so uh, George R. R. Martin's Winds of Winter exceeds the waiting time by five months. So, you know, it's... It's about the same same thing. Um, like, authors don't owe their readership's books, but what about the publishers who paid them? This is a quote from the, <laughs> from the editor. Who paid them? Book publishing is not as lucrative as many other professions, and publishers rely on the strongest sellers to keep their companies, especially small companies like DAW, which I guess is the publishing company of that, afloat. When authors don't produce, it basically fucks their publishers. When I de- when I delayed the publication of book two, Pat was very open with his fans. They knew what was happening. I've never seen a word of book three. <laughs> she just fucking lights up, lights them up, and she says she goes on to say, "If I get a draft of book three by surprise sometime, I will be extraordinarily happy, joyous. Actually, I will read it immediately with gusto. I love Pat's writing. I will instantly feel forgiving and lucky, lucky to be his editor and publisher." That's someone who's given up. Dude, yeah, like I would too. Like it's been 10 years. Like you think, first of all, you got to feel for the, not only the editor, but the publishing company, right? Yeah. 
they get this they take a gamble on this hot shot or on this new author right who has this crazy fantasy book unlike anything anyone's ever seen before and then it instantly goes new york Times bestseller best one of the best-selling fantasy books of all time and you're like oh my god i've struck gold i found the next robert jordan the next brandon sanderson the next stephen king you're like i've, I've fucking made it i'm gonna be able to retire and then the second book comes out and it's like yes it's still great it's a little late but that's okay we're fucking doing it. We're turning this publishing house into a legit super force in the fantasy world. And then 10 years go by. Yep. And you're like, what the fuck? Come I'm on, sure bro. they can pressure him. Like, I mean, they gave him the money. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works. You'd have to see the contract, but it's like, I could, I feel for those guys. Oh, for sure. Not only that, but like, think about like every, everything that goes into making a book, the printers, right. You know, the, when you print a million copies of a book, they're not getting the, the work from him. Um, the fans have been chomping at the bit, and eventually the hype's just going to die down, and he's going to release it, and no one's going to give a fuck anymore. <laughs> um, and, you know, yeah, it just it that frustrates me, which is why I suggest everyone go out right now and read Brandon Sanderson books. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you were going to promote his books, so why do you want to give him more money? No, I mean... Name of the Wind is amazing. You should you should read that too, but go into it knowing you're probably never going to see the ending of the story. But it is great, and the characters are amazing. But but Brandon Sanderson, he's he's just churning out books left and right, and I appreciate that. I think everyone should check it out. Um, I think Stormlight, or I'm sorry, I think Mistborn is a good place for most people. To start. I, I would I would say yeah, start with that, and then you get a better. I think it would be it an easier transition you. for Stormlight. Right. Yeah. I, I think it would. It's it's definitely prepares you to uh, read some of his chunkier, thick boy books. <laughs> Very cool. All righty then. Well, I think that just about does it for us today. Um, let us know down in the comments or shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebookings. Um, what's your favorite fantasy series, novel, author of all time? Um, have you read any of Brandon Sanderson's stuff? We'd love to hear from you. Um, we think he's amazing, but let us know. Maybe you guys can tell us of some. I'm always looking for new fantasy stuff, so um, let us know if some of your favorite authors out there. Um, you guys can uh, check us out. All of our info is at nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. That's where you can buy a bag of our tea if you like. You can see pictures of us if you want, I guess. Uh, you can read our origin story. All sorts of good stuff on there. Uh, and if you want to support our show, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends um, and get lots of cool uh, rewards and tiers on there. And thank you to all of our patrons who uh, you know support us week after week um we do appreciate you and um you know all that you do for the show um christian yes let me know when you're done with mistborn yeah for sure then we have to talk about it <laughs> i just finished rereading it for the first time or rereading for a third time nice so check it out but thank you for taking a chance on that book that was good love it and uh to all the nerds out there remember you're not alone you're with friends this is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night.